Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am, I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I am your host, Zach Blackerby. Joining us now, Lance Daw, host of On the Line on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Some of you know him as former intern Jaws. He's evolved. He has his actual name now. I feel like he's earned that. How you doing, buddy? I'm a real person now. How are you doing, you Zach? Are, you've always been a real person. Um, but uh, but yeah, you've got your own name now, which is great. Feels which good. is great. You were sounding off on your show the other day, um, and... I'm glad you shared this with me because this is something that Charlie Five and I talked about on Charlie Tuesday, the legendary Charlie Tuesday segment every single week, of course. which we now record at Baumhauer. Shout out to them. But you were, you were saying that it is more likely for Auburn to achieve its ceiling in 2021 opposed to its floor in 2021. And we asked the question in, uh, on Tuesday, which was, do you think it's more likely for Auburn to win just five games in 2021 or to win 10 games? Charlie Five sided towards 10. I sided towards five. And so it sounds like you side towards 10. I side towards 10, and I laid that out on the other day's show talking about, you know, well, let's look at Auburn's schedule and let's talk about what their actual ceiling is. And if you look at their schedule, you've got Akron, Alabama State, Penn State, Georgia State. All of those games are winnable in non-conference. So there's four games right there. At LSU, I think Auburn's got a really good chance to do that for the first time since 1999. I agree. That could be a fifth win. Georgia, I think, is a loss. I think Georgia's a loss. If I had to pick a team to win the SEC right now, I'd probably lean towards Georgia and that's just kind of that's just kind of where I've been sitting. I've been flip flopping back and forth all summer about whether or not it should be Bama or Georgia. Right now, I'm sitting at Georgia. Then until they do it, I'm just not. Which is completely understandable. Yeah. But looking on paper, like, and I know this happens like every other year. But looking on paper right now, it seems like this could be Georgia's year. JD Daniels could be focused and having fun. Who knows? But right. moving on, you've got Arkansas on the road. That should be a win. It's no longer the Gus Malzahn Bowl. It should just be a win that Auburn gets. All right. I, I, I'm sorry to, to interrupt you, but Arkansas, I mean, that has become the most popular like trap game prediction among the Auburn fan base. Is it ever a trap game, though? Does Auburn ever, ever lose that game? To Arkansas? Yes. Some people think that they should have lost it last year. But will they? Is it more likely for them to lose that game on the road? Uh, I respect Coach Pittman, everything he's done, but they just there's a there's a ceiling for Arkansas football, and it is um, it's just it's not very high. It is not very high, and I, I I'm with you. I think it's anybody can be upset on the road, but Auburn probably has a little bit more talent than Arkansas. I would not say it's a definite win, but I would think that Auburn would go in and win. I feel confident saying it's a definite win. Okay. So there you go. We only have one loss on the schedule right now that's like a definitive loss if this is best case scenario, right? So then you play Ole Miss at home. Auburn's won five games in a row against them. They beat them on the road. Then they play at Texas A&M. And Texas a and is going to be interesting because they have to get their quarterback situation figured out. And if they don't, I think it's going to be a really long year for the Aggies. But I think that's a game that Auburn can go into College Station and handle them. And we've seen Auburn do that in the past. The question is, is this Auburn team talented enough to do that? Because we've seen talented Auburn teams in the past do that. 
I don't know if this team has enough firepower, but I would I would not say that this is a win, but this is a game that Auburn can definitely go and get. A&M? Yes. That's, a, that's definitely one of the toss-ups, for sure. And depending on what day you ask me, I feel differently about it. So, But it's certainly winnable, no right, question. Right. And then you play Mississippi State at home. You get South Carolina on the road, which could be tricky. But I think Auburn's going to go in there and handle business this season, especially bringing in a new quarterback. Uh, you're, not, you're not bringing back a whole lot of receiver production, and you're breaking in a new head coach. How is that all going to look year one? I think Auburn takes that game simply because of talent. And then you get Alabama at home. And I said on the show the other day, if Auburn's going to beat Georgia or Alabama, I think they're going to beat Bama at the end of the season. Best case scenario, they would go 7-1, and 11-1 overall on their schedule. Because I think with Auburn's track record against Alabama, it's more likely for them to, to pull out a, another lucky win against the Tide with a year that they're breaking in a new quarterback. They only have, let's see, is it four starters on the offense, I believe, that are returning for the Tide? No, it's three starters for the Tide returning this season. I, I can see this team not falling apart but, but having issues against Auburn because Auburn is, recruiting-wise, one of the more talented teams in the country. I believe they're top 12 in blue-chip ratio. I, I believe 24-7 Sports put, put out an article about that just a couple of weeks ago. That gives you a chance. So best case scenario, I think Auburn could go 7-1, 11-1, or if they lose both to, or if they lose to Texas A&M, or if they lose to, to, to Georgia, you're looking at 10-2 right there. So I think that's best case scenario for Auburn. And I, yeah, think, I mean, that is an extremely optimistic take on it. Right. Extremely. So here's the other side of it. I put a lot of stock in what Athlon Sports has to say about something. I really like their their numbers and stuff that they put out. I love reading their magazine. It's a lot of fun. But they have Auburn going 7-5, and 3-5 and five in SEC play, meaning they think Auburn is going to go on the road and beat Penn State and Happy Valley, but they're going to lose some, somehow lose five games in the SEC. And when you look at Auburn's schedule, I think that it is way, way out of line to say that because there are so many games that Auburn has just one in the past, right? Like they, they, they the, at worst case scenario, I think they go four and four in the SEC. Worst case, worst case scenario, I, I think, think they, I think they go four and four. I'm okay with that because you look, Arkansas should be a win. Mississippi State, South Carolina, you're gonna win either Ole Miss or A and M. The difference though is like, I mean the the gap between, I was about to say three and five, but I'll even say four and four. And six and two, like that gap is huge. That is a massive gap between like who you are as a team and who you are in the conference. But you also have to consider the fact that Auburn's bringing back nine starters on their offense. They're bringing back seven starters on the but five defense. of those is a subpar offensive line. But it's an SEC offensive line still. Okay, these are still these are still SEC level recruits. And I and I and I believe that the offensive line will be better in twenty twenty one. How much I don't know. That's, I'm right that, there with that, you. That's I, the question. I don't know how much they're going to improve. That's, that's I don't, the question. I don't think it's going to be that significant. But this is still a talented roster and you bring back a lot of production. I don't see Auburn doing worse than they were last season. If you if you gave them non conference games, they'd probably be probably be eight and four. I think that should be the barometer for where Auburn's at right now heading into two thousand and twenty one because I believe Brian Harson and these uh, coordinators are just as talented, if not more than last year's and I know it's year yeah. one but they're getting that full off season they're going to get time to develop these guys and they understand that it's going to take time but I think they're going to be able to do it right so eight and four 
I, I think six and six would be like, oh my goodness, Auburn fell apart. Worst case scenario. I think uh, yeah, barometer- I think six and six. There's multiple occasions at the end of the year where we can point back and look at it and say. Mm-hmm. This was ridiculous. This was really unfortunate, and or you know something was really botched somewhere on the schedule. Bo Nix was not focused and having fun. Right, he what was a not shame. a dark horse for the Heisman. Man. All right, there is a, a prediction um, that you and I are very interested in how they got to that. We'll talk about that in just a moment, right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the best place to place all of your sports wagers throughout. The year, no matter what season it is, baseball, basketball, hockey, and of course, you can bet on football futures right now, this second. While you're listening to this podcast, just head over to betonline.ag, sign up for your free account, and then when you make your first deposit, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Lance, you and I both have referenced um, Athlon's preseason guide and the Phil Steele guide is coming out and I will totally dump Athlon and go all into Phil Steele once that is in my hands. I don't have one yet, but several people that have pre-ordered one, has uh, they've gotten one so far. But the Athlon predictions for their, their standings in the SEC West... They have Alabama at 3 and 0 overall, 8 and 0 in the conference. A&M second, 10 and 2 overall, 6 and 2 in the conference. LSU at 9 and 3 overall, 5 and 3 in the conference. And then you think Auburn would be next, but it's not. They've got Ole Miss at 4th in the West, 8 and 4 overall, 4 and 4 in the conference, and then Auburn at 7 and 5 overall, 3 and 5 in the conference. I'll say this. Auburn is a more talented team than LSU and Ole Miss. I don't know about A&M because, again, if they get that quarterback situation figured out, they could be really, really good. Sure. In my mind, they could be. LSU is not winning nine games this season. Well, they're also running an offense from six years ago. Right. right. So it's like, please keep doing that, Jimbo. Please. Yes, please. You look at Ole Miss and you look at LSU, what do they do well? They score a lot of points. But their defenses are atrocious. And LSU is, is, is in my mind on a downward slide, and they have been since that 2019 championship game. I've said time and time again, I don't believe in Ed Ogeron as a head coach. I had LSU going 5-5 five and five preseason before 2020. They went 5-5. Five and five. I think they're going to do just about the same this season. I don't see this team taking off and winning nine games. I, I can see them getting to a bowl game, but I don't see them as a better team than Auburn. I don't. I, I Especially agree after you. last year's thrashing. Of course, you could say, well, they had quarterback issues, and now that quarterback's on Auburn's roster. It's like, yeah, but would they, how, if it was 48 to 11, do you think the gap is going to shorten so much so with Miles Brennan that they beat Auburn? Miles Brennan, who's already been like extremely unreliable, and he's been pegged the guy for like a decade, it seems like. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been in LSU for forever. Right. And uh, I am right there with you. I, I think LSU is going to fall off. Um, as a program this year, and it's going to take a while for them to find somebody that can kind of hold up LSU after Orgeron. 
And also, it's interesting. How long do they stick with Orgeron after they gave him, you know, gave mm-hmm. you know that fan base a national championship? But putting Auburn at fifth in the West is super interesting to me in the through the lens of the fact that, like, if you want to pick a team that's just going to get hot this year, and normally it's A and M. Now that A and M's kind of arrived, and you know they had a real argument to be a college football playoff team last year. Now everyone wants everyone has fallen in love with Ole Miss. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think Ole Miss is going to be one of the more exciting teams to watch in the SEC. But I do not think they're a better football team than the Auburn Tigers. I just I don't see it. I don't see it. But Ole Miss is going to get a lot of attention on Sports Center. Ole Miss is going to get a lot of uh, attention on talk radio because they're going to win games like 48 to 40. And it's going to be really fun, high-scoring games that probably come down to the last position uh, possession because their defense stinks. But as far as what Auburn is going to be able to bring to the table, and I think Derek Mason is so used to having to out-scheme other coaches that I think Auburn's going to be able to slow down Ole Miss because that's just what Derek Mason is used to doing. And also, just from a talent standpoint, I think they're going to be able to man up with a lot of things and, and play different coverages and do them well. So... I think Auburn actually finishes either th- I'll say either second or third, depending on what A and M does. Mm-hmm. But fifth fifth seems ridiculous to me. I think it's way I think it's way out of line, and I know that might be a really aggressive take to say no, that's like really really wrong. But I, I genuinely believe Auburn's going to finish fourth or higher. There's they don't finish fifth in the West, and I know that's not like a, a huge take was like oh Auburn's gonna finish one spot higher at least but like they're not they're not finishing fifth in the west and you look at Ole Miss and you're right when they scored points last season it was fun but look at the teams they did it against outside of Alabama when they were scoring points and having these crazy games it was against Vanderbilt South Carolina Indiana was a fun game in the Outback Bowl. They only scored 26, but they Indiana didn't have their starting quarterback. They would have lost that game. At Kentucky in overtime, they won by one point, 42 to 41. I mean, these were not legitimate matchups. And then they go and they play a team like Auburn, and they only score 28 at right. home. Right. At home. The Lane, Kiffin, the Lane Kiffin effect is a real thing. And I don't mean to discredit that whatsoever, because I have a lot of respect for him. And I think he will make Ole Miss a better program, but it's going to yes. take time. The whole Matt Corral thing, I don't think he's as good as he's being advertised. That's just where I'm at right now. And until I see something better, I mean, they they did not want to start him at times for Plumley. Yes. Yep. Right. I, I'm not making that up. Like that mm-hmm. happened. And so I, I just I understand that guys can develop and things can change. And Lane Kiffin's been really good with his quarterbacks, but I just I don't think Ole Miss is better than than Auburn, and they could be October thirtieth playing that Auburn game, but they could be looking ahead to Liberty. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a fun one. That actually is going to be a really fun game because uh, you know Liberty aside. is going to do everything, much like Ole Miss did against Alabama last year. Because Lane Kiffin's history with the Tide, I think uh, I think when you look at Liberty, they're going to do everything they possibly can to beat Ole Miss. We were talking just the other day, Noah Gardner and I, on the line. We were talking about how Georgia State is not going to be a trap game for Auburn, but Auburn's going to have to have their eyes wide open heading into that matchup uh, because because Georgia State could give Auburn problems. I think that that's the game here on the schedule for Ole Miss is after potentially losing on the road to Auburn, kind of being down and then not being awake for what should be a top 25 matchup against Liberty, right? I would think so. They'll probably be undefeated. Do you buy the Malik Willis hype? Sure. I mean, I don't know if I buy it like all the way filled to the brim, but like he's exciting. There's no doubt about it. Quite a bit 
of quarterback room analysis on YouTube on this guy. If he had better players around him, he could be a Heisman contender. That's not a joke. Like if he had like an if he had Auburn's roster, he could be really something special, and he already is. But he, but he's also not going up against SEC defenses either. So it's right. like it's so hard. I mean, a guy from Liberty's not going to win the Heisman. No, but I mean, I think if he just goes to New York, that could be exciting. That would be a lot of fun. Does he win the starting job if he's here? If he's here right now, does he win the... I would want him to win the starting job. I don't know if he would. But if he hadn't have left, we wouldn't know how explosive he could be. Right. We'd talk about it, and he'd be very popular, much like he was as a backup quarterback at Auburn. But I just... That's a fun exercise to to think about. Well, we saw that run he had against Mississippi State in 2017 to put him up, I believe it was 49-10, to 10. That really explosive run, it might have been on like third and short, and he just pulled it around the right end and just took off. And then uh-huh. in that moment, it was like, oh, this guy could be something really special moving forward whenever Stidham leaves. And we just never saw that pan out. We saw him take a safety in the end zone against Alabama State, another team that's Auburn's facing up against this season. Early on, you would think they cover that game instead of, <laughs> instead of doing what they did yeah. in 2018. But, uh, you know, I... I really like what Willis brings to the table as a quarterback. I would like for him to start if he were at Auburn, but I don't know if he would because at this point, Bo Nix would be in year three or year two, and I don't see this coaching staff taking that away from him quickly. I do want to touch on Texas A&M just for a minute. You're talking about— Let's do it in just a moment, if that's okay. Right here on Locked on Auburn. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor? Mine's either double chocolate, peanut butter brownie, or salted caramel. They are all absolutely delicious. All very high in protein, very low in calories. So, I mean, most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. And it tastes like a candy bar. We're not just saying that. Built Bar, it's the real deal. Head over to BuiltBar.com to check it all out. And use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Lance, sorry to cut you off there. Yeah, what, what were your thoughts on A&M? So you say that it's more, that it, it, it would be likely for Auburn to finish somewhere between 4th and 2nd. And obviously Athlon has Texas A&M listed as the second best team in the West. Yeah, I, I think Auburn and A&M are in the same tier. Yes. Uh, you agree? Okay. Yeah, I, I think they're on the same playing field. Whenever you look at A&M's roster, they're bringing back all three of their starting receivers. They bring back one of the best tight ends in the country in Jalen Weidermeyer. And they bring back Isaiah Spiller, who was one of the only uh, couple of SEC running backs to eclipse 1,000 yards last season. But they don't bring back that offensive line, and they're breaking in a freshman quarterback most likely. So how much they progress from a 9-1 and season last year, I don't know. The big thing to me here is you lose Kellen Mond. Right. And from an experience standpoint, that stinks. From an upside standpoint, that helps A&M. I, I, believe. I, I, I wasn't a huge Mon fan. I was not either. There were times where he would be erratic with the football. I don't like. I really did not like his mechanics, as you would see on. I would see on Twitter occasionally. Like it'd be like, "Oh, look at this really pretty fr- throw from Kellen Mond." It's like, yeah, watch him throw into the dirt the next three plays mm-hmm. in a row. It's just like he's not. He's not ever going to be consistent enough to where he can put you as an SEC championship caliber program. Now, a lot of college quarterbacks are like. I mean, Bo yes. Nix is the same way. You know what I mean? Like he'll make a beautiful throw, and then two plays later it's like 
How did you miss that guy? But he was hyped up to be something so special. I don't think he was. I think he was I think he was good, but he was really inconsistent. Yeah. I've I've not seen a lot on Haynes King, but you look at his statistics, four of two, fifty-nine yards, touchdown a pick. That one touchdown, I believe it was a forty yard touchdown against South Carolina last season. I might be wrong. I'd have to go check, but like in in backup as a backup last season, I mean there's nothing to read off of those numbers, right? Like where, you can't where gauge does, anything. Where does the name Haynes King rank in names for Texas quarterbacks? Texas quarterbacks. Oof. As far as the current ones right now? Oh, I'm just saying like ever. I mean, Haynes King, of course he's a quarterback that lives in Texas. I think he's got to be top 10 I all mean, time. He's, he's up there. He's up there, man. But they've got some really, really talented receivers, so they may be able to bail him out. And then they've got a really, really good defense. Nine starters returning from a defense that only gave up 21 points a game last season. And the SEC, that was really hard to come by. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defense should hold their own, and it should help Haynes King develop. But if he doesn't develop, I think this team could be seeing some issues. They get Alabama in the middle of the season at home. That could be a problem. He gets South Carolina, Missouri, in between that uh, Alabama and Auburn game, they could be struggling down the road. And again, I think Auburn's just as talented as Texas A&M is, and they could go in there and steal one. Looking at that Auburn-Texas A&M matchup from a positive perspective, a glass-half-full perspective, it's going to be later in the year, and Auburn should have its offense clicking by them yes I think it's going to take a few weeks for the you know Auburn's offense to get its feet up under them hopefully it's by week three by the time you play Penn State and then if it's not you got another week to correct it even though you mentioned you know Georgia State is not um is no slouch that's what a lot of people are saying I'm, I'm still a little skeptical but that's what a lot of people are saying still a group of five team I mean sure um but but yeah it, after that then it's like all right you go to LSU and it's like you better have it by then you better have it because if not, then then at that point it's it's too late. But I think with the experiences you're going to get at LSU, then hosting Georgia, and then as you work your way through conference play to uh, to get ready for Texas A and M, I think Auburn will be a better team by that point than they are to start the season. I agree and with you. So that is something that we haven't always seen how Auburn seasons develop over the last you know the better part of a decade. And then other times, that's when you've really seen Auburn get hot, when they've gone on runs like in 17. Would you like to see Auburn have, I guess, a little bit more difficult competition scheduled early in the season, one of those first two weeks? Are you okay with having Akron and Alabama State to kind of let them tune up? Or would you rather it not be essentially a, a, a practice and have a, have a better group of five no, teams? I, I like the way the schedule okay. lines up. Um, even with the, you know... Having another smaller opponent after Penn State, just in case you know you need to tune up a few things. Yes, I think that's awesome. So yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think it's a re- really, really good for Auburn to have two full weeks before they go on the road and play Penn State, especially when Penn State back. has to prepare for Wisconsin. Yes, exactly. That is huge. I think that's really important for Auburn. You go into that Penn State game if you handle the atmosphere. If Bo Nix handles that atmosphere well, and Auburn somehow manages to pull out a win. Auburn should be favored in Baton Rouge two weeks later, right? Because LSU at that point has either lost to Mississippi State or UCLA. One of those two teams. You think so? I think so. I think right now, if I had to choose, I would pick UCLA to win that game week one. Really? Yes. I don't I don't see the Mississippi State thing because they just shocked them last year, and I don't think LSU's going to let them do that two years in a row. Because everyone was like, oh, they played man. It's like, let's just play zone against it. And then, you know, they didn't really do much for the rest mm. of the season. I think... LSU was just kind of the unfortunate team to play them week one, and now that they got tape, uh, I think they can slow that down. The UCLA thing is interesting. UCLA is not a team I know a whole lot about, 
Is that a team that's supposed to be better? Kelly's still there, right? Yes, Kelly is still there. They are one of the best teams in the country in terms of returning production this season. I believe they're top three nationally, and they bring back almost everybody, literally almost everybody from an offense that scored. I believe it was like almost thirty-five points a game. I mean, across it, what? Like they played? Did they play six games last year? I'm I'm not sure. Out and, west, and you can say that it's like, oh, it's against a Pac-12 schedule as well. But still, the offense was clicking, and they've got a really talented quarterback in Dorian Thompson Robinson, who's been there for a few years, and it's taken him a moment to figure it out no they played seven games last year okay. they averaged 35.4 points per game they bring nine starters back on that offense that defense was absolutely atrocious but they bring back 10 starters from that unit you'd think they'd be able to at least compete they play Hawaii uh, week zero before they play LSU they're going to get things figured out and Hawaii's no slouch either they can put up points so if that defense slows them down I would be impressed but this could be a really tough matchup for LSU because if that secondary is still as bad as it was a season ago it's going to be a nightmare. Sure. Lance, where can people find you and hear you, my friend? They can follow me on Twitter at DawPound, and they can listen to me and Noah Gardner on the line on ESPN 106.7 weekdays from 2 to 4. And that concludes our conversation with former intern Jaws, of course, Lance Daw, as we all know him now. Kind of jumped around a little bit talking to conference-wide stuff, but yeah, I think it's great. I thought it was good. Love that guy. Absolutely love that guy. Tomorrow's a Ferg Friday. Hit up the Locked On Auburn Discord, the pod questions channel, for uh, any questions that you have for me or Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. We'd love to talk about those for you, with you, whatever. So, all that coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked On Auburn.